0: Are we live, Neil? We're live, sir. Oh, sh- yep. We're, live? We're live. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Off the Lip Radio Show. Show number? Uh, I think it's three hundred eighty-nine. Three hundred and eighty-nine. I think I've said that like last four. Well, weeks, I think so. we have I, that's, that number. Rings a bell. <laughs> yes. We're getting close to four hundred, everybody. We'll do a big special um, tonight. Is a big night for the show. We have uh, the one and only John Leopold here.
1: That'd be a supervisor, John Leopold, to
0: you. Yes. The honorable, right? Can we yeah. say that? Are you, you honorable? Call me Super Leopold. Super Leopold <laughs> is here. Um, That's my Instagram handle. Pretty much the guy that uh, represents uh, the people who live in this community. And um, and so we can talk about a lot of things that will affect our community and the world today. Uh, but welcome back to the
2: show. This is time number three, uh, I think.
1: I've dragged him down here a few times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've dragged him on a few times.
0: Yeah, I, and he uh, says yes. I've... <laughs>
2: I like coming on because uh, Neil and others will always give me questions that I don't get from other people. Very so nice. I like that. Yeah. Oh, sh- no, that's Did you do homework today, Neil? I was like, "Whoa, are you prepared?"
0: <laughs> I must
1: give a shout out to uh, to your uh, your chief of staff, Angela Chestnut, who's like sent me a list of questions today. That you know, list of uh, bullet points I asked for. The problem is, mm-hmm. is they're on that phone. They're on that phone. Yeah, and I can't get them because the phone's being used. Okay, so. So now we're flying by the uh,
0: seat of my pants. Got no info. I well, d- we don't need it. We got a lot of stuff going on right now that I think the viewers want to know think, more about. I think you should talk about what's happened just the last couple of
1: days since we're all fresh on that. I think if we can do that, John, about what's come yeah, down. Yeah,
2: no, I mean, it's, it's what we all talk about all the time. Yeah. So Are I'm you tired of talking about it? Or all that? I'm going to grab no, that like phone. That's the, um that's my job. Yeah. So if I'm tired of talking about it, I'm in big trouble. And right now talking is some of the safest things you can do if you do it wh- the right way. Uh, you know, the County of Santa Cruz has been a leader in the state in, in keeping our uh, transmission rates low. Uh, in the last three weeks, the, uh, we have seen a big change we've seen a lot more, uh, cases, uh, uh of people being found positive. And so, Just to give you some sense in the last three weeks half of all the cases that we have in santa cruz have occurred in the last three weeks so um that's sobering and it and it tells us that uh when people see things reopening even if they're limited in scope or you can't go inside or that you have to wear a face mask some people have taken that as Oh, it's back to normal the, the crisis is over uh, because disasters are usually a point in time and then you start recovery but we're in the second inning of maybe an extra inning game so um that's uh, a good point people, people have gotten people started saying well it's okay and so i'll go back to my normal life and most of the new uh, uh cases are people that have gotten it through family and friends people who have who have gone to graduation parties or father's day or had that backyard barbecue, um, and they've contracted the virus. That's where we've seen the outbreaks.
1: Right. I, I, it feels to me like I just I we ran we were locked up for a while. It seems like we were doing good. The beaches were closed. People weren't coming here. It seems like we ran a mile race, and at the last ten feet we slowed down and somebody over you know we got overtaken at the last second. Well, it seems like this thing is is has reborn itself, and we didn't we did. I don't say we didn't, but we, we were doing pretty good there for quite a while.
2: Well, I, I think the state as a whole was actually doing most of the state was. Yeah, doing but you look at Santa well, Cruz. You look at S- but Santa Cruz was doing particularly well. We were leading. We were one of the leaders in the state, and even with the increase in cases, we're still not growing as fast as, as everywhere else. And just to give you some idea, there's something called the positivity rate, which is the number of people who test positive versus the number of people who take who, who take the test. So uh, for a long time we were at a below two percent. Now we're closer to four and a half percent. Right. But Monterey's at eight percent. Right. Uh, L.A.'s at twelve percent. Arizona's at twenty percent. So we're still doing better. And uh, the the governor made a big announcement yesterday, <coughs> requiring closures um, uh, about indoor dining across the state. Uh, that they require card rooms to close, that all bars had to cease operation. It closed my brewery,
1: TC. In wineries, it shut
2: too. down my brewery. Well, you're going to miss the amber, huh? I mean, the amber's no longer. <laughs> <laughs> but, in, but in 28 counties, yeah. um, there have additional restrictions, which is you can't have indoor gyms. You can't have indoor religious services. You can't have offices open for non-critical services. You <coughs> can't have hairstyling and, and barbershops open and that's where we could get in um if we continue on our trajectory if you look at the map of the state right now from napa to san luis obispo all those counties except santa cruz are on that list
0: if nothing changes in your mind how long do we have to where one of those
2: it could be as soon as
0: three weeks so in three weeks we could be be shut down again or not to to a new extent the malls uh, the bars, bars, the, the, the uh, business centers, the, right. the religious
2: services, hair salons. Beaches? Uh, we don't think that we would close the beaches again because the risk of transmission outdoors is quite low, the increasing research shows. And so the reason we had the beach closed is to discourage visitors to Santa Cruz. Um, but when the governor allowed hotels to open and started promoting tourism, it's hard for little old Santa Cruz to say, you know, don't come here. So unless we're willing to close hotels, it doesn't make sense to, to limit the, the beaches. Hmm. And so we're not there. Uh, we may get to that place. So there's a chance hotels could so, come down the line. There's a chance that we could go back to the same place we were in April if, if, we, we, yeah. if, we, if we can't control this virus.
0: And it seems to me the infections we're having now are people who are letting their guard down. Yeah. The, you say the family get together where no one's wearing a mask and people were touching each other and hugging each other and stuff.
2: We had one Mother's Day gathering, which is the first weekend after we relaxed restrictions that generated 50 cases. And it was just a family, they had a family they had part of the family came from out of state. Somebody was covid positive. Um they just met with a family and oh. from there, 50 people uh, All the You know, virus. it just seems
1: like we're taking we took, but a, a little Band-Aid, then we get another big, now we've got a bigger Band-Aid, now we're going to go get a bigger Band-Aid, and then we're also attacking it with a water pistol instead of a cannon.
2: Well, they're, they're, is, the, is only, the only way you can make sure that people don't get the virus is everybody stays in their house, right? We showed that that was an effective strategy. Right. Mm-hmm. It's not something you can do long-term. We do have to figure out how we adapt and live with the virus, and that means wearing a face mask when we go out uh, especially when we're inside that means um, uh, staying six feet away that means uh, washing our hands and so uh, those three things can make a huge difference in our success
0: right or a vaccine
2: a vaccine or more therapeutics mm-hmm. but uh, but even the rosiest estimates are months away months and uh, and if we keep continue with this uh, this spread, you know, people are going to die.
0: Are we planning for worst-case right. scenarios again in the county? Because I know their yeah, ICUs sure. are already filled up. Ventilators are already used up in these towns that are Phoenix and places that are spiking. Are we – yes, you're in it. Politics, you
2: know. Yeah, well, you know, when we started this in March, I mean, we were planning for everything up to 30 people dying a day, right? Because that's some of the, the – That's what it You have to be ready for that. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we did a lot of planning for the surge. Now, we managed to – uh, flat in the curve and we didn't we didn't see that surge but we have everything in place so tonight um uh, this morning when i talked to the health officer, there's 12 people in the hospital uh and there's two in icu hmm. now on a normal day we have about 60 icu beds so we're not maxing that out we have the capacity to grow to hundreds of icu beds through things like uh, a, a, a wing not being used at the watsonville community hospital setting up alternative care sites you know all mm-hmm. those things so we know how to do that and we've set them up already yeah uh, earlier in this pandemic so we can we can do that pretty quickly um it, we get different signs from the state about what it is they want us to do so at one point they wanted us to take care of it that we went through a period in may in the beginning of june where they said no no don't set up for extra we're gonna set up regional surge hospitals. And now they've kind of drawn away from that and we're on our own. In fact, one of the things we realized, we have a great partnership with the state and we've really followed the, but we, in order for us to be successful, we're gonna have to be successful here in Santa Cruz. Mm-hmm. So we, we, uh, it, it, if we wanna do good testing, we're engaging in a big partnership with UC Santa Cruz. So all the testing can be done here and, and, you uh, 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 Moderate here. so th- it doesn't have to go to a uh, a, uh, a lab outside the state. Mm-hmm. I mean, outside the county. Because right now you could go to the OptumServe sit, um, site and you might wait days to get your result. You should get your result in 24 to 36 hours. My my um, sister
0: today, 14 days. Yeah. So to get six, a result, mm-hmm.
2: and it's because it's a state-run site, and all the state-run sites send their send their lab specimens to one lab in the state. And that one lab has to do it for everybody, and that's why there's so many being done that they can't do it. So we'd like everything to be done up on the hill, and at UCSC, we think we can get it up and back from that hill really quick. Mm-hmm. We think that, that we that we can help them build the capacity to do 800 tests a day. And uh, which means that and, if, and it's a pooling, if we decide to go do pooling, you know, we do a uh, multiple people uh, over a thousand. So if we can do that, then we can start. Rea- th- th- we th- we can be assured that test capacity is strong, that we can get to people at the earliest part of their uh, illness, that we can do effective contact tracing, uh-huh. and uh, we can get we can contain. But when you're having 20 people a day, when they don't know that they've been sick for two or three weeks, um, contact tracing is tough. We have f- right now we have I think 42 contact tracers. We're gonna we're bu- building it up in the next couple weeks to 69. It's way over what the state requires but we think that that's an important part of our disease response right. uh, to be able to do that. So um, we, we like that the county, that the state has given us some money. We've got no support from the feds. Uh, in fact, they've worked against us. And um, But I- in order for us to be successful, we're going to have to build our, our, our success here in Santa Cruz with the resources we have and the people that we have. But how, well, sorry, sorry how
0: frustrating you. is it for you mentally to see the feds I mean, when you look at what California contributes to the
2: federal government, you think they would be knocking on your door. What do you need? Well, yeah, in a normal world, there's a lot of things I'd expect for the federal government. But we've seen this before. It, you know, when I well, the first time I got involved with public health was in the mid 80s when I got involved doing HIV and AIDS work. And if you remember, um, at that time, you had a president who didn't say the words AIDS. That the federal government thought it was just a gay plague and they didn't want to do anything about it. It was really the state that started doing things and local communities that built projects like the Santa Cruz AIDS Project um, huh. to respond to the need. So we uh, this is th- this is this feels like history repeating itself, really. Right. And you know maybe there'll be a change in November and uh, and if that happens, we expect that things will really change in January. But we have to make it to January and uh to do that, we have to de- count on ourselves and the resilience of our community and the and the help of our community so we can get to that finish line or get get closer to the finish line in january
1: do you um the uh, we we've had the lowest numbers compared to santa clara and monterey, but we're you know we're next door they're our neighbors. And it's, it, how difficult is it even to, to keep our numbers low but when we've got the influx of people from those areas coming in here? I mean, my sister, God bless her. Hey, Angela. She lives in New Zealand. Yeah. They eradicated it. They didn't fuck around. Excuse my French. Hello. But they you know, they took care of it, and they got rid of it. Yeah. And they were serious about it. It doesn't, see, it doesn't seem like you see people here walking by, no, no masks, eating across the restaurant, across the street. It doesn't seem like people are taking it that seriously.
2: Well, I mean, th- at the end of the day, uh, the, the success that people will have is what we do individually. We have, we, are, we have superpowers. Wearing your mask is a superpower. Keeping six feet away is a superpower. Right. Washing your hands is a superpower. Um, and we need to change people's behavior. And using, again, the example of the AIDS crisis, how long did it take us to get people to start using condoms? Right, uh, yeah. How you know Just talking about safe sex, showing people how to use uh, 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 safe sex tools, that, that took years. So we're asking a lot of people, and um, it doesn't help that they're getting mixed messages from their leaders. And if you have a president who won't wear a face mask- Do we have, we who, have a
1: president? <laughs>
2: who, who, uh, who, um, who, who downplays uh, health professionals and highlights uh, game show hosts, um, you're, you're, you're giving people mixed messages, and that's when you're trying to get behavior change, mixed messages will hurt you. Yeah. It makes it harder and so it would be nice if we all spoke with one voice the governor (coughs) is on the same page our local health officials are on the same page our board of supervisors is all in consensus and there's a lot of people here in santa cruz who are and there are other people who aren't that we still got to work and do outreach to we can't forget who they are right um and some of it will take a lot of work, a lot of messaging a lot of messaging from influencers and opinion leaders that they respect Um, and sometimes it has to happen in their community before they're willing to the change I'm so, i was gonna say something about ucsc is that um i'm really
0: proud because i have uh a couple employees here that are students and they can be tested up there and uh they can be yeah mm-hmm. and, and uh, whenever they want which is so refreshing to hear and um one of my employees had to take an unscheduled trip to southern california came back and got tested yeah You know, and and that's I think uh, one way to be able to stop the spread. The University of Santa Cruz student body is not from Santa Cruz; a good portion of it, and they're traveling during this downtime while they're not in class.
1: I wanted to touch bases about the the UCSC because I I, I spoke to the mayor just recently. He talked about whereas the online is a lot of it's going to be online classes, and the increased population of UCSC that, that was that was planned, is that happening still or not necessary because people are not. Uh, coming here to s- go to school, It'd been more like doing more well, doing it online. The,
2: the long-term plans about growth. Yeah, um, I think they're still moving ahead. I mean, that, they had to do a whole em- they have to do a whole environmental review process. Yeah, before that could happen. Right. So that takes years. So that that is still in the on its march. Um, but uh, I think that they were going to have that they normally have something around thirteen or fourteen hundred classes up up on the campus. And this fall, they're going to have twenty-one. Yeah, eleven of those classes are for grad students, and so how many people are going to come to Santa Cruz to live? Uh, I think they have something like forty-nine hundred beds. Um, will they fill it up? I don't know. Yeah. Hmm. Um, th- uh, so th- you know, so it'll be very interesting what we see this fall when 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 classes th- start again or right. when school starts again. You know, Cabrillo's going all online too. Uh-huh. What's
1: going? What, what's hap- what's happening? As uh, far what's up to date uh, news as far as schools, kids going back to school.
2: Well, it, this is a uh, you know it's amazing. I get lots uh, every we, couple of weeks. There's a new controversy can or I just, new questions. Can
1: I inject something? We had a, a guest a couple of weeks ago, Nick Strong's fetish from Save the yeah, sure. from I Save know, the Ways. Yeah. He's talking about his kid, you know, was three and a half years old, going to have to wear a mask in school.
2: Yeah, I mean, th- this is this is the big challenge, because um you know a couple weeks ago what we thought about the disease is different than what we think about now and it'll be different from what we think in three weeks and that's been that way through the course of this pandemic so the, the the schools have been on a path to to have kids in school most of them limited numbers of days do online distance learning for the rest of the week uh today you know the la school district and the san diego school district announced they're not going to have any in-person classes and we could see local school districts going that direction because we're not seeing a decline in cases we're seeing a surge in cases and so that increases the risk well and so if if you're Nick or anybody else with a small child you're not gonna send them to school in the first place do do you feel safe sending them no and and that's one question and then I might have the privilege of making that choice you know I have the resources I have a job that might be flexible I have th- that, uh, that opportunity, but there are other parents who that's where their kids get two of their meals a day. Yep. That's where they see social services. Yep. Th- that's where they can be basically looked after. They don't have internet at home. So what happens with those kids? Right. And, and that's, that's the, that is a, um, a big challenge for the elected school board members, for the County Office of Education um the county it doesn't make decisions there the county provides guidance for what they want to do but we don't tell them what to do yeah that's up to them yeah
0: it seems like too uh the funding for schools is based on participation and something's going to have to change there as well
2: yeah well I, I think the governor and the legislature showed that they want to keep the funding for schools so I don't think that that'll be a I think that they'll figure that out for this year that they won't do, do it on average daily attendance. Uh-huh. Um, they they, they worked really hard to make sure that the schools don't lose money this year because you know, they get a certain portion of, uh, they get 48% of the, county of the uh, state budget and the state budget's less this year. So they would be getting less money, but they found a way through some creative bookkeeping to keep them at the same level of funding they had last year. So there's really commitment at the in Sacramento to not hurt schools. So I think that they'll be generous in terms of the way that people, uh, the school district can get the money Yeah. because all they have is just more expenses because even if they do distance education, you still have a lot of uh, uh, technology you gotta worry about. If you have a mixture of in-class and distance learning, you have PPEs, you have hand sanitizer, you have lots of things you have to, to, to purchase that were part of your normal school supplies. Mm-hmm. Right. Absolutely. What well, are talking about?
1: Just change up. Let's go. Well, I just got one and, more thing okay, I wanted before
0: we skip the COVID question is um, in, in our community, you said that, you know, you're getting some uh, help from the state, um, but we, I'm sure we're, there's going to be a tight budget in the future.
2: Yeah. And so, uh, are you, are, are you, I'm you sure you're in preparation for that. Yeah. In fact, you know, normally by this time we will have done our budget for the coming fiscal year because county government's required to balance their budget by july 1. so we did do that by june 30th but we realized we have to do it again because there's so many things we don't know in may we anticipated that we would need 20 million dollars out of our reserves just to make it through the end of the fiscal year wow Um, now fortunately going into this disaster we have a lot more money than we did 10 years ago when we went into the great recession the county um only had about 10 million dollars in reserves going into this the board has made this a priority to be prepared we have 56 million dollars wow so 20 million dollars a lot of money but at least we had it um it, when all the books are closed now and some money we got from the state we only have to tap about 10 million dollars so it's a, it's a strange day when you say you only have to spend $10 million to make it through the year, but that's way better than we thought in May. Right now we're looking at a $40 million deficit uh, for this fiscal year. Mm-hmm. Now that could change. Our employees uh, uh, helped us with furloughs. That saves us a bunch of money. Uh, the state helped us with uh, some money for health and human services. Uh, we're waiting to see whether the federal government acts and gives money to the local government in the cares act they gave money to local governments but you had to be a jurisdiction that was 500,000 or more wow there's only 56 uh jurisdictions in this country that are $500,000 or more so um we're hoping in the in, in uh, that they pass another act in the heroes act that was passed by the house of representative um there was uh, w- w- we, uh they put in something like a half billion dollars for a local government that would have generated here in santa cruz about 12 million dollars wow that's well, if a big we, If chunk. we got that 12 million dollars we could probably figure it away with the furloughs the money from the state to lay off no one mm-hmm. yeah um cut back some services but not lay off anybody um we're gonna but we're waiting to see that's why we're coming back in august for four days of budget hearings because we think we'll have a better sense the dust on the on sacramento has settled so we kind of know what they did and we're waiting to see whether the Senate actually does their job and um, and make some decisions over the next couple of weeks uh, that will provide money for local communities like ours. You think our taxes are going to go up, Neil?
1: Uh, I, would th- I think so.
0: Do you well, you think, what do you think long term? I mean, I, I don't I'm, No matter who's president, somebody has to pay for what we're doing.
2: right well, now. Well, t- to be clear, not all debt's bad. Right. I mean, debt for good things is 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 a good investment if you're going to go into debt to send your kid to college that's a good investment I get right you. it's debt if you're going to uh, take a loan out for your house to b- get that new roof it's not very sexy but it's a good investment so the the uh, the nation can go into debt and the and the federal government can go into debt a lot easier than we, we're not even allowed to here in uh Santa Cruz but right now there are historic low rates for borrowing. Right. And if they can keep people employed, it's worth um, then they're gonna come and shop mm-hmm. here at the boardroom. They're gonna shop at, at all these stores. They'll still buy things. Um, if that d- we go into a, a, a d- great depression, th- they won't be buying t-shirts. They won't be buying r- going to restaurants. They are not gonna be able to afford to live where they, where they live. And we have a huge, more expensive problem. So, um, this, this would be a good time to invest in America. Yes. And and worry less about the debt and worry about how we get through this disaster. Well, That's uh, well said. No, I
0: agree with that too. I mean, I saw a st- statistic that 30% of homeowners didn't pay their mortgage bill this month.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I saw some statistics. <laughs> I was like, wow. Yeah, I mean, it, the, uh, the article I saw said that was the precursor we saw in the Great Recession is that people stopped being able to pour their, pay their mortgages. Here in California, the governor negotiated a 90-day forbearance um and uh the, the the federal government also did on on fannie Mae and freddie Mac loans uh also a forbearance and so um banks who we bailed out when they were in trouble if they wanted to they could help us all here and i think there'll be increasing pressure to make that happen yeah. but it's 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 scary to yeah. think the people are at risk mm-hmm. we just applied for money from the state uh, to provide a half million dollars worth of rental assistance and i'm working with a colleague to find another half million dollars so people in the unincorporated area can have some additional rental assistance because we know it's an expensive place to live mm-hmm. and we know that that we have um we have higher unemployment now than we did uh during the great recession so we um you know it's coming d- you, you know it's it's it w- there's an eviction moratorium in place right now but uh, that's not always going to be there, and we need to figure out some way that we can provide resources. If it's not going to come from the federal government, is there a way for county government to provide it?
0: Well, and you were saying with Angela was saying My sister? How, no, your, your girlfriend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you You call her your sister? Uh, my, si- <laughs> is An- my sister's uh, Angela. Okay, well, well you're either right Angela, <laughs> was saying that um, everyone working from home has put a demand on Santa Cruz property because of the fact that they don't have to commute to wherever they, where they were working. And so it'll be interesting as the struggle becomes with housing in Santa Cruz, who replaces the people that are not able to be here. I think that'll
2: be an interesting situation. Yeah, scenario. well, I mean, we, the, the, we always have that. You know, we, we're, we're we're right next to the hottest part of the economic engine in this country, which is the tech sector. Is just over the Santa Cruz Mountains. And so they have, for the last 20 years, they've put a lot of pressure on Santa Cruz. And if we want to stay Santa Cruz, we don't we, – we want to keep a local economy here and local people here that don't have to go over the hill. I do think that COVID is going to change the way we do business. Um, and that there's going to be more and more people who are working from home. The County was already working on this. Um, trying, you know, we're one of the biggest employers in the County. We have 2,400 employees. So we were already working about creating telework site in Watsonville and creating, we were just creating policies to allow people to telework. Yeah. When COVID happened, we just put it into hyperdrive, and you go to the county building today, or any day this week, and there's lots of parking spaces because mm. we've tried to move a lot of people out, and we're going to continue to. There's there's some people like call centers for our health and human services that we haven't exactly figured out how to do that yet, um, and we'll be working on that uh, over time, uh, because the more people that can work at home, especially given the unknown and the of the of the um, uh, the needs for students and families, yeah, w- we want to support um, our our workers uh, and serve as a model for how other people can support their employees who maybe not have to come into their office.
0: A lot of Zoom meetings, doing a lot of that Zoom
2: stuff. Zooms, Microsoft Teams, Go To Meetings, uh, Facebook yeah. Live. Ever do them in your boxers? <laughs> no. Uh, well, you know, we well, I've done a couple of board meetings. At the, the Brown Act has changed. The Brown Act is the the rules about how you do public meetings. And they changed during COVID that we don't all have to be there. And some places like the Santa Cruz City Council, I think the mayor is there and nobody else shows up. Uh, Other jurisdictions, nobody comes. It's all virtual. And so the county, we still have people who come. I I go to the meetings. The chair goes to the meeting. Three of our members um, uh, are there uh, telephonically. And I did one meeting where I wasn't there, but I still got dressed and I put on a tie. I didn't put on a jacket. Yeah. But I, I, I couldn't sit there in my <laughs> in in pajamas my and do uh, work. It's, it's, it's a headspace. Right. right, right. I can come here, and I'm casually dressed, right? I'm in the boardroom. Uh, that's a place where I can feel a little bit more comfortable. But if, if I'm in an official role, if I'm going to be voting on things, I'm probably going to put on the tie because, yeah. you know, you, I want to show respect for the job. Yeah. Right? I mean, I want to respect for the people who come, for the all of the employees who, who, who make it happen, for the public who expects us to be professionals. And uh, I want people to be able to see me. And I decided that I go to the meetings because it's too hard to be disconnected and not be there. But uh, um, but I respect my colleagues who, who who don't. And I know that Supervisor McPherson. He always puts on his tie. He he. Uh,
1: well, when he came uh, to our show, he didn't. Remember, he remember yeah, Bruce, he pretty, Kane, he, Bruce yeah, came. Bruce yeah, White. He was pretty white, casual. White t-shirt, must have been, must have been shorts, Friday. and flip flops. <laughs> well, no, he, no <laughs> he, he, he's He's
2: he, he could be a very casual guy, but when it comes to the board meetings, you know, yeah, he's, okay. he's in he's in a high risk group. He's over seventy. Yeah. Um, and uh, so being out is is a greater risk for him. But when he shows up for that board meeting, he's wearing the tie, right? Because that's who he is, right? And and I respect that. And I yeah. think the board try to we, we try to treat the uh, the office with respect. Yeah, we should.
1: You want to talk about uh, something you wanted to yeah. talk about tonight? Was the some the work you're doing on the oceans correct?
2: Yeah, uh, you know um, the uh, w- th- this uh, COVID crisis is like the climate crisis in uh, at warp speed, because. We know that something bad is happening with the climate. We have lots of research that says it's going on. We have a federal government who doesn't seem to care. And we have people who have some idea what's going on, some don't. But the County of Santa Cruz has taken the issue of of climate change very seriously. We adopted our first climate change plan in 2013. Uh, We've done a lot of things to uh, reduce our emissions. Uh, Everything from putting uh, solar panels on almost all of our- uh, buildings and saving lots of money, as well as helping playing the leadership role in creating Monterey Bay community power, which is the largest community choice energy company, uh, all green power, um, and lowers the emissions for everybody here in Santa Cruz. But one of the things that all that work, reducing our emissions is good, but we so we have to work on adaption because the climate is changing. And we know the two things that's going to affect Santa Cruz is sea level rise and wildfires so we have a whole bunch of work that we've done around uh, wildfire protection but how do we protect against the um the rising sea levels and the coastal commission wants us to to play a role and we have to adopt a policies that says that we're taking uh, sea level rise seriously and so we decided to do um uh we've been one of the leaders in the state i'm participating in a group uh workshop group with uh the coastal commission and the california state association of counties and the league of california cities to come up with strategies that not only can we use here in santa cruz but in other places to say let's acknowledge that that's going to happen there and we can't just say manage retreat everywhere because we have a voter approved policy which said we're going to concentrate development within our urban services line so we build up primarily with homes um, along our coastline uh, And now we can't say, well, we're just going to let them go and fall into the ocean. Um, And somehow that's going to provide better coastal access. Because originally the Coastal Commission said, well, you can't – we're not going to let anybody fix up any of the seawalls because it's keeping the sand away from the beaches. Yeah. But here in Santa Cruz, if you know the geology, the cliffs don't provide the sand. Uh It's the river that provides the sand. So you could let everything fall into the ocean, and all you'd have is – less coastal access instead of more coastal access. So we have come up with a plan that we think is good. And we'll probably be going before the Coastal Commission, I might be be going before the Coastal Commission next uh, in September to talk to them about it. And it'll probably be before the end of the year that we're in front of them for them to vote on our policies uh, that say, let's treat, let's look at the geology. And let's look at uh, a nuanced plan rather than one size fits all. So uh, in areas like Opal Cliffs, which are high up, which at the sea level ride, you're not going to get any more beach. You're just going to get a little less height on the cliffs. Um, let's allow sea, sea walls protect that because if those houses fall in, you also lose the road. You're not going to get more access. You'll get less access. Um, and say that's a place where we allow sea walls. But other places like Paro Dunes, they don't need sea walls. They have lots of sand. We right. can be created about sand. On the north coast, outside of our urban services line, don't allow anything. Mm-hmm. Let nature take its course. That's right. that's we left that natural, so it's let 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 it be natural. Places like Beach Drive, um, where the houses are built right on the sand. Yep. Let's have a one-and-done policy. You get if the waves knock you out, you get to rebuild w- once, eight feet higher. Mm-hmm. If you get knocked out again, you're done. That's it. Right. Um, and then other areas where we we need to do more work, like so. Uh, along uh, Blacks Beach, uh, uh, all the way from think of it from the harbor uh, to Pleasure Point, roughly, um, that we want to do a shoreline management plan to determine whether uh, riprap, seawalls, um, uh, uh, managed retreat, uh, what we would do there. to more nuanced because it's it's it, it, again those cliffs aren't providing the sand, but could we incentivize creating uh, vertical walls, more modern seawalls? And remove the riprap, so we'd have more beach. Um, letting letting sure. managed retreat happen at Cochrane Lagoon, Moran Lake, Schwan Lake, and then how do we? Then we have to think about how we build the bridges, so we can keep East Cliff driving? Yeah, do you want to say something? Right, to yeah.
1: I remember uh, I wrote an article one time for Sentinel
2: when they were building the
1: uh, the, the wall there at Pleasure Point, uh, and I and I ran to this old gentleman in his 80s, who lived across the street from Jack. A little bit to the if you're looking at Jack's house, a little to the right on 38, a couple houses over. Yeah. He said, "Neil, and I was a kid. Across here was was a two lane road, and across the street was called Breakers Beach. There was a platform, a dance floor, uh, the cliff, a lawn. It was all, went all the way along, and it's just no longer there. It just got all over the years. It just got all. It's whittled away, and that's that
0: 50 yards was is a lot of is a, in a lifetime in a well, lifetime. Was probably pre Santa Cruz Harbor too. We had a lot pre Santa Cruz Harbor before yeah. the harbor.
2: Well, they, the, the, the Coastal Commission allowed us to do a seawall." Uh, around Pleasure Point, and, you know, not everywhere, uh, but they consider it a model for how people should do seawalls, which is it's sculpted into it the natural rock that created um, bunny trails so people could get out of the water if they couldn't right. make it to those stairs. It's actually, and we removed all the riprap uh, that was down there, so you actually have more beach than you did. I and miss the stuff. riprap. Yeah, well, I mean, because it
0: absorbed the high tide, whereas now it, you know, it, yeah, it bounces back off. Bounces, right? so it, it unfortunately, <laughs> In my opinion, it actually hurt the wave a little bit. <laughs>
2: it's beautiful. Don't get me wrong. It turned out great. But, but to be clear, that wasn't natural either. Right. Right. That no, rip I know. Rap, right. That riprap was, was a bunch of junk that was dropped down there. So um, the biggest complaint I've gotten about what we did down there was it's too easy to get in the water. So yeah, example, well, that's another subject. But <laughs> <laughs> it's created a lot more access. And so uh, the Coastal Commission is willing to us to us take a look and we're probably going to be uh sort of a test case um uh, which has good and bad connotations with it um i'm hoping to go to them in september uh just to present the ideas before they vote on our plan to find out if they're going to accept it and if they accept it um then we'll come with our full policy
0: okay the next one, we just got to put a little riprap and then have stairs and then a little bit of riprap and then stairs just at the bottom up just to absorb that a little bit. Can so we that. talk about Soquel,
1: uh, Old San Jose Road? Yeah, sure. And the uh, homeless shelter that's proposed, or can you give us kind of an update of what's happening? Yeah, in so, that?
2: Um, you know, uh, as I mentioned early on in this pandemic, you know, we're preparing for lots of things, some terrible things. Um, one of the things that has been a consistent though is we've been trying to protect vulnerable populations. We've been trying to protect folks in nursing homes because we've seen all over the country, yep. scores of people die. Um, people in the jail, we, we've we've worked to, to, to limit exposure in the jail uh, and the homeless population is also uh area where we're very concerned about and people are concerned about it all over the country. Why, because if it spreads to the, the, uh, the homeless community they could overwhelm our hospital system right in easily we have we have 2000 or more homeless people unsheltered they they contract the virus it's it's game over so we've worked very hard to set up temporary shelters we have nine temporary shelters that have been set up um one of the things that the state has done is entered in a partnership to get some trailers you know think of fifth wheels right um and they and they offered them to to the county we asked for 35 they gave us 12. um and so we needed a place that we could put them that already had hookups the seven day adventist does an annual camp at their site there in soquel if it was if if it was a normal year uh tomorrow or thursday they would start camp with ten thousand people yeah you know most people don't realize ten thousand five thousand of them live there yeah for two weeks and 5,000 stay in homes and hotels. Well, they called me up in March and they said, we're not gonna do it, it's not safe. Yeah. But if you, if we can help you in your in your response, we wanna be helpful. So they have RV hookups. So we looked at placing uh, the trailers there. At the at early part of the epidemic, we thought we m- might have to have a place for hundreds of people. What it actually ended up came up to is 30 or less. So right now we have 10 trailers there um, there, I think there's only 15 people there tonight. It can go up to 23. Uh, it's for transition age youth. Those are kids that are 18 to 24 years old who've been in the foster care system, but they've aged out of the system. Um, and these are people at great risk for homelessness because, you know, think w- w- uh, I'm lucky to ha- have parents who love me, um, that cared for me way after I was 18. Um, uh, my father's still alive. I, I talk to him all the time. But if you were in a family where at 18 they said see later bye right um and we want that person to be a contributor to the community we want them to be in programs so encompass services has a has a has a nationally known program for uh homeless youth um and they've identified a small group of uh transition age youth that would be appropriate and they've been living out there since the middle of june so i think we're about a month into it um and we formed a community advisory group uh, that's been providing input for us, uh, dealing with concerns. Um, if we ever looked about expanding it, which is currently no plans, uh, we would go to that advisory yep. group uh, uh, made up of people from SoCal Okay. And when the, when the shelter-in-place order is over, the housing will go away. Okay. TC. Oh,
0: I haven't heard any uh, any
2: negative prior
0: to it. There was a lot of concerns. Yeah. Um, but I haven't heard anything. Has there been any
2: problems since the trailers have been there? no zero problems we've had people from soquel who who want to volunteer their time and and help out you know we we before we did this um we I got the sheriff involved I got the fire chief involved to say can this work is this a risk is it a fire risk is it a law enforcement risk and both of them said very clearly this is not a risk fire chief said we deal with a lot worse with those ten thousand people than we do with um with these 30 people right and the sheriff's like w- this is a well-run program uh, and they had a temporary shelter over at simpkins and we had virtually no problems i mean i think we had no problems um and so it's been operating there most people don't even know what's there yeah. because you go by and it's behind the trees and it, it, that's where it is so we still meet with the community advisory group we had a meeting last week um, uh they get updates of what, what's going on with the with the young people that are there um, uh, i think half of them are in school another large group is also employed there's some young families there you know some of these young people are, are married and have a kid but are homeless and we're working all of them to move in to permanent housing right and so if we can't help out during um an oh. epidemic, uh, I don't, you know. Are those FEMA trailers or are those uh, well, no, state? Well, no, the, it would um, – they're provided by the state. They're actually pr- – they're provided through a nonprofit foundation through the state. The state arranged for this to happen. We get to keep them after it's done. Hmm. So one of the things that the county staff is doing is figuring out uh, what the long-term use of these – trailers could be because they could be helpful. It won't be at that site. We won't be having any permanent homeless facility at that site or program. Okay. <coughs> um, there's not gonna be any change into what that uh, uh, site is zoned for, but we were responding to an immediate need during a crisis with someone who had resources um, that we, c- we could move people right into. And we've taken great uh, great care to make sure it worked out. That That's well. awesome. Can, uh, John,
1: let me ask you a question. He loves what he does, right? I mean, He I, does it well. Yeah, he does <laughs> it well. He loves what he does, he t- and I enjoy what I do. do you, are you still enjoying what you do every day? I mean, uh, are you? Is, is when your term comes to an end, you're like, I'm out of here. Or are you, are you still fired up
2: to go to work and still enjoy your work and want to continue? Well, I, I got into doing this work because I care about people. And my parents taught me a long time ago that to be part of the community is to provide service to the community. And that's what I've tried to do throughout my career. Uh, being a County supervisor gives me the greatest ability to be able to do that. And whether it be the 15 young people that were helping out during this time of crisis, I feel good about that. The boys and girls club that, that normally was seeing 200 kids a day. I feel good about that. Yeah. So I look for ways to help people out every day. And, um, and you can do that with this job. And so I, I'm still uh, fired up by it. It's, yeah. it's I- in this time of a pandemic, it is relentless. There aren't, there aren't down days. There aren't, slow days there aren't days where we're not in crisis and that could be tiring um but i still feel like um I, i i got lots of energy to do this job so Still going.
1: He's still going. It's like the Energizer Bunny. <laughs> well, I'm not I don't know. You
0: but guys you've been. Well, th- but I'm not that old. No. Right? <laughs> Maybe <laughs> it just th- seems like you've been around a long time. <laughs> but
1: you've been through. I mean, you've talked about before the sure, show. You've been through some, you know, disasters. You went through, through the nuclear disaster when you were. Uh, yeah. Uh,
2: well, I mean, yeah, when I was a kid. When I was a kid. Yeah,
1: right. And you've been. Th- we I mean, I was. But I was 14 years old when it yeah.
2: happened. So I I grew up in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, and uh, which is the capital of Pennsylvania. And when I was 14 years old. Um, I was in class when they came in to close the windows, and we said, what's going on? It was a nice spring day, March 28th, and, uh, and they yeah. said, well, there's been an accident down at the power plant. How far was the power out. plant? Uh, it, was a, it, it was 17 miles away, and it was a nuclear power plant, and we had all visited there as kids. So that's right. what you did, uh, and you know, that was the greatest nuclear uh, disaster in the history of, th- of this country, second greatest nuclear disaster in the history of the world and um and we evacuated we didn't they didn't officially evacuate but my mother god bless her uh she heard radiation and she's like i want grandchildren she was where we were all going to become sterile <laughs> so she's she we, we we got out of town and we were out of town for uh i don't remember how long seven to ten days before we came back but i started getting involved with the anti-nuclear movement because i could see that my world could change by the actions of others and but getting involved with the anti-nuclear movement helped me understand about community organizing, how you talk with people about issues, uh, why it's important to get people together to work on issues. Yeah. And, you know, I, I consider it a great success of, of the anti-nuclear movement. We haven't seen a nuclear power plant in this country since 1979 when that, when that accident happened. And the solar power uh, efforts that we talked about there, which most people said was a pipe dream, is now the f- one of the fastest growing industries in our country. Right. And, and then uh, during the earthquake here in 89, what was your position here in Santa Cruz? Well, I, I, I was, uh, I had graduated in 1988 and I had uh, taken a job with a community organizing group called the Santa Cruz Action Network. So if you've been around for mm-hmm. a while, you might remember SCAN. And um, we had an office in downtown uh, and uh, my, I, my, my house was only a block away at the time. And when the earthquake happened, um, how do you help out people? In college, I had created this, I had been working with a group of students to create something called the People's Yellow Pages, uh, which now we would a- have an app for that, but in 1988, 89, you made a, a directory. And so the, the need at that time was, how do you help people with the resources that they need? So we created, w- working with the United Way um, and the county and the city, we created a directory so people could access services. And it was right. a bilingual directory and, and it won lots of awards. And it, it really got me involved in local government in a way that I'd never been involved before. Right. And it really saw the need that during a disaster, um, I'm not with someone who runs away from the disaster. I run to the disaster. Um, because there's a lot of th- we have a lot of needs at that time yeah and this is th- so this is uh, so I feel well prepared for this moment that we're
1: in so you, so you had a good point earlier about businesses not knowing what to do in this, during this pandemic you're a business
0: owner and you're not quite sure not quite clear well I mean I obviously uh, I uh, it's something that you could educate yourself about we talked we discussed that but uh, w- it as far as like how a business should be um, uh, if there's rules I don't know um, I know how to be smart about it and D- be careful. Uh, uh, let me ask you careful.
1: this. Uh, do you uh, – wh- who do you go to to find out if you're open or closed, if you're, you're shut
0: down? Or uh, I w- Facebook? I don't know. Yeah, right. <laughs> yes. I mean, I don't – it's, it's, uh, it's been very it, – like you were saying earlier, it changes every day. Yep. You know, and so the information is different all the time. Um, I, I heard two days ago, oh, the beaches were closed. I was like, really? Well, just people talking – and that's how we get a lot of that information so um obviously the, you said the county has a very good resource uh, on their website to figure out what businesses may need uh take precautions during these
2: times and the state of california website as well i guess has some good information yeah i mean the county has a website where you can get all sorts of great information they update it daily that tells you how many people have the uh, have are positive how many people have recovered how many people are in the hospital um what the ethnicity or the demographics the gender uh, what part of the county they come from and what the forecast is for the future um we we started this program called save lives santa cruz county um in a partnership with the community foundation of santa cruz county to really plan on how we recover from this and it's uh it's it's uh, the acronym stands for something i should know all the numbers but it's uh, it's, uh, you know, the A stands for adaptation and the V stands for vaccination and the, the, uh, the E stands for, um, education and preparation, because we're going to be in this period for a long time. And we've, you know, I've put out, I've been putting out weekly newsletters. I put a lot of stuff on Facebook been doing meetings through, uh, Facebook live or zoom or telephones. Um, the County's been doing regular press conferences. It's in the paper all the time but there's a lot of people in Santa Cruz and the, 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 the information has has the, the speed at which yeah. the plans have taken place, have been so quickly. So in the middle of May, what we thought was totally different than what was happening in the middle of June, not because we weren't preparing it, just because the governor, for instance, said, we're going to have a slow reopening. And then he opened up everything basically pretty quickly over a number of weeks. And so we formed an economic recovery council made up of business uh, leaders and we thought they were going to give us advice on how to do this. And then the governor just put out guidance and opened everything up. So we, it, there was less of a, a, a role for that group to play. Right. So um, it, it, the county has a great website, SantaCruzHealth.org slash coronavirus. Mm-hmm. And right now we have a tab up there for employers that has not only the guidance, but also how do you help? Um, employers are some of the first people who could see whether someone's sick or uh could direct someone to testing so we want you to be well educated about um about how you could be helpful in this uh pandemic because we all have to do our part right um and we're it's a it's a new part of the website uh and so i encourage people to go check it out business leaders but also um uh employees because there's information there that you could bring to your boss that would be helpful for everybody to know it's just interesting because you know like yeah, i go to like um, a, the, a store
0: and everyone's using the same keypad and grabbing the same pen and you know what i'm saying and so it's what level of, of, of are the businesses expected or required to protect the consumers and their employees and everyone i guess it's kind of indifferent because you go to home depot and there's like the grocery store has one-way aisles home be- depot doesn't yeah. And I got into a cluster dam there the other day where my wife freaked out. Um, and that's, so it's interesting to um, – maybe that's something I su- could suggest as a business owner to the county is
2: to tr- try to get that information into the hands somehow right. of the people. Who yeah, well, well, we'll continue to work on that. And so I'll take that back to our economic development office. I know I've been in contact with a number of business owners and – you know i, I help uh, write uh some ordinances so they could use their outdoor space easy that they could use county property for outdoor seating because we want local businesses is part of the soul of santa cruz and we we should do everything we can to help them survive because this is a tough time absolutely and uh and we have to figure out a way to be creative and so it hasn't been a heavy hand uh it's been a, it's kind of a light hand and so um we want to provide resources uh for people who need it and we're not gonna we're not sending enforcement officers out but individuals will make choices about what's safe for them yeah right so those people who don't who are uh, have a keypad that everybody touches and doesn't clean off some people are going to say i'm not going back there that doesn't seem safe right other people go i'm going to go out a little bit and i'm going to go to that place because they seem to be taking my g- health, seriously. I, was, I think it would be interesting as,
0: as a resource for a business owner like myself is that I would be happy for suggestions on how to make my business um, uh, safer. And, you know, because just looking at rules isn't always what would be helpful for me. And I, if that person or body or some, somehow was available, I would be happy to have that
2: information. Well, we, we partner with the Small Business Development Center, you know, which is uh, over at Cabrillo College. Who've been doing outstanding work. They've done a number of webinars about this to help people. That 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 when they're live, you can ask questions, and um, afterwards you can watch it. And they're an amazing resource hmm. uh, to use. And you know, you have a successful business here, so maybe you haven't needed to use these resources in the past. But the SBDC helps new businesses or even older businesses with marketing with planning with employees employees I've gotten employees through there before yeah and so it's an it's it's a great resource and maybe now we're going to sort of take a look at these resources Mm -hmm. differently because um we need we need local businesses to be successful right Mm -hmm. you're the uh, local businesses our biggest employers um that you provide the the taxes that we all count on to be able to do all the good work that we do um and as i say it's the soul right we need the boardroom we need uh pleasure pizza we need penny ice Creamery. we need mm-hmm. uh verve coffee because that's who we are and, right. if we, and, if, and if it's just a corporate town we're just like anywhere right. well
0: and uh, i always use this as an example of my business is that i can't say no to a school fundraiser yeah. a cancer benefit um i i, I put on uh, local events and I'm, I'm i'm giving back to the animal shelter and the corporate stores don't do that. No, that money no. goes straight back to some other right. state and someone else's offshore bank account. And they right. trickle. They yeah, trickle. They might so throw a couple pennies here. And right. so I, d- I, I just remind everybody how important local businesses are, especially today. Is try to support all the local and businesses. And the ones that
1: support the show. We have a lot of business businesses support the show. Yes, our it, sponsors are right. all
2: local businesses. It helps who we are. Right. right? I mean, it. And if we want to be, if if we don't want to be anywhere, USA. With an ocean view, right. We want to be Santa Cruz, right. It's a unique Um, town. We we need we we need the local businesses. That's that's our success. And if you the thing that's interesting to me is it's the corporate stores that are going out of business. Mm -hmm. It's the local businesses that are hanging on. If you look uh, down here uh, at Pleasure Point, most everybody's still here. Mm -hmm. We've, We've lost a couple businesses. But most everybody's still here. You go to the to Pacific Avenue. A lot of the corporate stores, a bunch of corporate stores that aren't here anymore. Mm-hmm. Right, right. So um, y- you care about this community. You you care about your business. You're going to do everything you can to hang on, and you're going to. That means you're going to keep people employed. And it's not someone in you know Wisconsin's like, they're not earning enough today, so right. we can get we can close that store. Right,
1: John. We want to thank you for coming on the show. Sure. Yeah, thanks for a, coming back. B, we want to thank you for your service because you've been at it a long long time and you roll up your sleeves you roll up your sleeves every day and you go to, you you do a hell of a job and we you know we really appreciate it and uh can't thank you enough and thank you for coming down here and spending the time here at the boardroom but you know just uh, we're honored that you're here
2: yeah well uh, thank you for having me I always enjoy coming down you <laughs> always enjoy the questions and I, I enjoy that you try to celebrate our local community yeah, because th- we—that's what we need to do too. We're still to put—we're still putting
1: music on, and uh, <laughs> we're trying and, our yeah. best, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we, can, we <laughs> try to stay out of trouble. No, no, <laughs> no, we no, no don't get it. Yeah. we're doing it. Get we're social trouble. distancing, <laughs> and we're, we're staying out of trouble. And
0: uh, well, uh, yeah, thank you, John, for coming down. Yeah, yeah. I want to, and this is the
1: Continue. local business I want to say thank you to. Is uh, uh, I want to thank the captain John Roberov, captain John Roberov, of, of uh, uh, Colville Banker, uh, and he's also the captain of the Chardonnay. I want to thank Brother uh, Timmy from Pono. Yeah. Kitchen and Tap. Brother Timmy is mm-hmm. also going to be kid number two on the way. New daddy again. Man, he just doesn't stop. <laughs> uh, I want to thank Fig from Surf City Sandwich. Yeah, Fig. This is his birthday the other day. I want to th- say happy birthday to Fig. Uh, Cindy from Merge Four Socks.
0: Yeah. You got him on. Got him yep. on
1: today. Uh, Beach Nest Vacation Mills. I want to thank uh, Liz from Beach Nest Vacation Mills. BeachNest.com is their website. If you are coming to Santa Cruz, no better place to rent a house from. Also, uh, mm-hmm. Her husband, John Pickart, from jell Cafe, where they... Roll the fatties, I folks. Hope they're, are they going to be rolling the fatties? I don't think so, huh? Uh, Down it. it. Yeah. Uh, People's Coffee. Oh, no, you may yeah. better to get a cup of coffee while People's is still... Right?
2: I've, been, I've done constituent meetings there for, you, for you, 12 years. You've
1: done meetings in that place for a long, long yeah, time. I love them. And Curtis is Curtis, great. thank you. And, and I want to thank Pizza One and Aptos. You've been hanging out there, I huh? I had one the other day, TC. And it f- <laughs> you know what? It fed me for three damn days. <laughs> I'm proud of you. You uh, see one day. Yeah, Jamie Jansen <laughs> from Santa Cruz Core and Rehab. She's open. Uh, get down She's there great. and uh, get a massage. I go, I owe you. I'm you get owe get me one, massage. yeah. Okay. I'll get your massage. want to thank Numa from Aloha Island Grill. Numa. Uh, listening stack over here behind the Chevron station where you get your, your custom-made earplugs. I th- believe you can still go kayaking. It's an outdoor sport. Go visit the Kayak Connection at the Santa Cruz Harbor and at uh, the Elkhorn Slough. Beautiful down there. And last but not least, my dear friend Sean Rovi, Yeah, he. Yeah, he, he's open for business. Is he still wearing the shark bracelet? I haven't talked to him, but I know he like, is. Can you get the information on that? He's please? got the shark bracelet. That he puts <laughs> on his ankle that that's <laughs> supposed to deter sharks from biting him. But Maybe that's why I haven't heard
0: from him. Bull sharks, though, right?
1: Who knows? <laughs> Sean Farmers from Farmers, Sean Robey from Farmers Insurance. I want to thank Emily from Santa Cruz Brewery. God darn it, you're going to be closed. That's Poor a bummer. Amber. What At are you gonna do without Amber? B- I don't know. I <laughs> drink. I guess I've got to drink. I don't know. Well, I don't want, last mechanic. but not least, I want to thank Ray uh, Ed from Rogue Pies. He's hitting. He's hitting all the farmers markets. If you haven't had Rogue Pie yet, try one. They're delicious. Or go to roguepies.com. Super Leopold was in the house tonight. Super Leopold. We want to thank Super Leopold for coming on the show, and we really appreciate your time, and we hope you, you come back soon. You should trademark that, by the way. And we, have show, we have a show. TC, we have a show Thursday All right. with Martine, Martine Watkins. Oh, yeah, she's great. She was a former mayor, and mm-hmm. she's now. Uh, she wants to step back in the ring again. I'm like, I text her, what the hell are you doing? She's going back in? She's diving back in. Wow. You know,
2: in, in politics, when you have people who know how to do things, yeah. it's good to have them come back because we've seen about – What happens when you get someone who doesn't know what they're doing? (laughs) Good point. Good point. (laughs) Right. Right. Good point. She's hoping She comes back. Yeah. I I, I totally support Martine. We've got
1: Martine Watkins on Thursday at 530. And we have the uh, Joint Chiefs playing at a closed, at a repeat, a closed Chill Out Cafe on Sunday evening.
0: Oh, fantastic. All right.
1: Tomorrow night I'll be at the uh, Capitola is putting on a uh, Twilight concert series, which I've been hosting. And tomorrow night the Joint Chiefs are playing there at six o'clock. So let's tune in.
0: And that's a uh, uh, online live show.
1: live streaming yep. on Santa Cruz Waves and a bunch of other live streaming uh, awesome. places you can get. So if you want some good music, this tune town's in. full of it, and people are still playing.
0: Thank you, everybody, in Santa Cruz Waves. Tyler Fox, thanks for letting us do this. We'll see you next week. I
1: want to thank also Alex playing play Alex and Ted Welty played for me today. They were excellent. What a duo! Wow. Unbelievable. I didn't
0: know those guys played together. Wow! All right. Thanks everyone. Good night, thank
2: everybody. You. good questions. We could talk about lots of